If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I actually want to thank my friends here at the radio station. We had a wonderful holiday party earlier this week. Thank you, John. Had a good time. And uh, I will also say that um, tomorrow I'm looking forward to the holiday party for the fine folks here at War Chant. Shout out to Michael Langston and Aslan. Those guys worked hard yesterday and did a very good job. Uh, manning the desk as uh, the changes occurred. Now, uh, it turned out to be a challenging day for all involved, and that includes all of us fans who watched uh, the big fish get away, much to the dismay of all. But I will say, forging ahead, there are areas of this class, aspects of this class, that I think we can get excited about, and that was added to today. So the recap, the refresh, for those just joining us this hour that missed last, uh, obviously, we're in the midst of um, <laughs> pretty obvious changes to the way recruiting is done. And uh, the coaches and administrators all now know, it's uh, as if they didn't already, that uh, we are in a different time, in a different place. And uh, Florida's got to catch up and, and update their NIL laws and, and, and rules and regulations. And they will. That's already been introduced uh, and so we shall see, I think, those changes pretty quickly. I thought Coach Norvell yesterday, a couple of things here, again, just to, to catch up. Uh, coach Atkins has been elevated to OC. He'll still coach the offensive line. You know, when we were wondering whether or not Coach Dillingham was going to take that Oregon job, uh, I, I mentioned two things. I said, A, Coach Dillingham has got to become, now, if this is a byproduct of age, we were all there at one time. He's wildly immature. And that revealed itself on numerous occasions when he spoke with the press. I also think he's talented, and I think he's uh, got a great head on his shoulders, and he's going to do good things. I also appreciated the way he coached at practice. I think he's a 
passionate coach who cares about the kids. I also think he cares deeply about being a head coach sooner rather than later. And he's from the West Coast. And if he's given total autonomy of an offense and more money and he can get to go back West, I figured he'd do it. My main fear was that if you were worrying about uh, what you did next – not elevating Coach Atkins could lead to his departure sooner rather than later, as he had previously been in the OC in addition to offensive line coach and is really well thought of, and I agree with those uh, in the category of, hey, I'm a big fan of that guy. He's smart, he's knowledgeable, he's tough, he's all those things. Didn't want to lose him. I think elevating him to OC certainly means you're not losing him anytime soon unless he does a spectacular job, and he'd have to do so with still a little less than a lot of other people. So, good. Keep him long-term. We'll see what happens with the rest of this coaching staff because changes are surely forthcoming. And I think the, 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 you know, the elephant in the room, it's not even the elephant in the room. We all talked about it yesterday. I think every fan yesterday wringing of the hands, rightfully so. I mean, you needed to sign wide receivers. You got none. Who's your wide receiver coach? Right. He's probably in trouble. Ron Dugan's probably going to get fired. I would think. Maybe not, but it might behoove Coach Norvell to make that change. Certainly, if you're here and the receivers don't play well and you coach them and you're tasked with recruiting them and you get zero, you're going to be held accountable, one would think. So there may be lots of juggling going on here after yesterday. That's not to say they didn't have successes in certain areas and segment groups here. In particular, this is a group that turned out to be, after Armella signed late, five offensive linemen. Now you bring in the Wisconsin transfer. Okay, we are throwing numbers at the problem with offensive line. That's kind of what you got to do. A lot of that is a crapshoot. It is hard to evaluate offensive linemen out of high school in particular, almost more than any other position. Because generally speaking, and I know our own D-Rob said this yesterday while talking with Ira on Warchant.com, but it's been true for a very long time. In the assessment game, if you will, all of the websites that analyze whether a kid is a two-star, a three-star, a four-star, a five-star, offensive line's always been the toughest because when you watch a kid on the offensive line in high school, generally speaking, he's the biggest son of a bitch on the field. And so he's going to, by sheer mass, dominate. And that doesn't necessarily translate from high school to college and certainly not pro. Then we start getting into everybody's big up here. Everybody's strong up here. Do you have technique? And do you put on that man weight, man strength, change your body? Are you willing to put in the time and understand the playbook, understand the assignments, work cohesively, and get really effing strong? High school, if you're 6'5", 300 pounds, you're manhandling a kid across from you nine games out of ten. So... Florida State is throwing numbers at the problem on the offensive line. Good, and I think they'll add to it. Probably another transfer or two. Not a bad idea. They've got to get bigger and stronger up front. They did some things there in this class to be excited about. Uh, I think the McCall kid then back into the secondary, probably safety. He's an incredibly versatile athlete, so I think you're in good shape there. Uh, Thomas on the back. Yeah, you did well in the secondary. I think the secondary is on the verge of being uh, a really, really good secondary when you marry it with what you saw last year from Knowles and Cooper. You, know, you saw some guys emerge, and so you got pretty excited about that group. you got to fortify the trenches and you got to find some transfer portal kids to come in on this defensive line. Much the same way you did last year, which salvaged something 
uh, for you in the ACC play because without Jermaine Johnson or Keir Thomas and those guys, you would not have been able to do that. So that's where we're headed. That's not to suggest they didn't swing and miss big time in some areas with a grand opportunity at a time of transition for the University of Florida as well as Miami, whose classes rank appreciably lower than Florida State. But you got a chance to, to kick them in the teeth, and you whiffed on some guys, especially especially the West kid and then, of course, the receivers that we didn't sign. So that is maddening. That will be incumbent upon Mike Norvell to fix. And in the interim, if you're mad about that, I don't blame you for being mad about that. All right. Redemption Thursday. The wagers, they've been posted. Matthew, if you would, put them back up. I'll talk about it right now. And we're kind of just... Just touching our feet in the water here because it's weird. It's weird right now. I don't have all the bowl games that I want to do moving forward. I will tomorrow have at least half of them, at least the first part of the bowl slate, which gets underway tomorrow. Also, since you asked, tomorrow will be the bowl extravaganza, the fun that we have each and every year as we find out what the gifts are for the kiddies. Uh, Colts, Patriots, I'm taking a desperate Colts team to win a game that I wouldn't miss. That is going to be nasty. Those are two really physical teams, and that is a Colts team that wants to run the ball and a Patriots team that's going to say, no, you can't run the ball. can't run the ball. So it should be fun. Uh, but I took the Colts there, given the point and a half. Took the Titans to beat the Steelers. Don't like that Steelers team at all. Give me the Bengals plus two and a half. Speaking of desperate, come on, Cincinnati. San Francisco to pound the Falcons. 49ers on a roll, not a team you're going to want to play as they try to keep winning, obviously. Um Packers minus 5.5 and, and Ravens. Rams minus 4.5 against Seahawks. Saints plus 11 against the Bucks. Chiefs Chargers under 53 tonight. You don't like that? You want to wager non-perishable food items? Feel free. Fire away. Just make note of it. I'll do the same. Send it to me. That's okay. You can do it either via Twitter or right here on the, uh, on the chat, WarChant TV. You'll have to take the over 53. I think most will. Remember, we're moving more and more towards... Weather games, games where you go, mm, wind, cool weather, not so sure, numbers come down. Oregon State minus seven. Also, teams are beat up. Oregon State minus seven against Utah State. Rick says, Norvell's got to fix himself before looking at anybody else. I'll respond to that. I would think that that's a guy that has revealed on numerous occasions that he's willing to take responsibility. So when you say that, I don't think... There's a personality flaw there. I think that he trusted some guys that have not come through, and so he's going to have to make some changes. So when you say fix yourself, I think it's self-evaluation, yes, and you can say where did I miss? Where did I miss? Who did I trust? Why did I think this was going to work and it didn't? What can I do better now? What do I have to change about myself? Perhaps I need to get more involved in this process because we simply cannot miss on those kids again. So let me go find those guys. Hey, listen, what is that? The, the coaches' convention, they all get together there, and is that January? Um, those will be interesting conversations. I've always wanted to uh, attend those and be a fly on the wall. That's where the back alley deals get made. That's where everybody decides, yay or nay, I'll come with you. We'll uh, go to war. We'll figure it out. Um. I, I, I think uh, that, that yesterday, what ended up happening beyond, and we've, always, we've already fully vetted all of this, you, you, Florida State fans, and we're all in this together, right, 
are, are confronting um, a, a pretty stark reality. And we've been confronting one of those, which is that the ACC as a conference is a million miles behind the Big Ten and the SEC, for starters. So you were already uh, money-worried, concerned, and then perhaps yesterday suggest that there's even more concern or reason to, to have elevated fears for where we're at in terms of the organization, what we can offer, what we can't offer, all of those things. This expedites that as long as well as the uh, self-evaluation, Rick, that you were referring to. i got to imagine that there's a whole lot of looking in the mirror and figuring out, okay, how do we, how do we remedy this? How do we compete? Because I think Florida State is desirous of that fact. I don't think they're going to go quietly into that good night. I do think it's going to be fascinating as we look at the corporate alignments now that you see possible. Um, then I, I, you know, for me, I, I, I think you start, this is where Alford is going to have an awful lot on his plate. Now, one of the things about getting Alford in at a time of great change in the sport, and we were, we were really talking about this. If you want to look at the upside of things, it's that Florida State finally figured out what they were doing at athletic director and they, they chose a direction, right? You got a guy, you got a guy and you got a guy that was in uh, corporate sales, did an awful lot of work with the Dallas Cowboys, Alabama, Southern Cal, was an athletic director prior, a lot of connections in the corporate world. So let's go. And I think he also has to be an agent of change. I think he has to look at uh, the organization and figure out who's dead weight, who's not, who who moves you forward, who doesn't. But the point is that you finally have a guy that has – the, the 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 power to make decisions to in my estimation implement a vision he can do that now and this is very much a business world this is very much now about these interests and these uh, alignments and these partnerships and if you have sway and connection uh, with with money people in in different realms. Um, that want to be a part of uh, what this is, which is vastly different than any um, any any time in college football history. The NIL changes how the business of big-time college football is played, what's possible, and how you recruit. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. You ever wonder, because I... I I certainly do, and it does show you that NFL owners can be duped no matter how much money they have and how many resources they have. You know, most most businessmen who uh, amass a billion dollars have a couple things going for them. Uh, Usually they have a business acumen and intelligence that is plus, but they also are ruthless. All those things combined usually would lead one to think that you would fully vet decisions uh, of the magnitude of hiring a dumbass like Urban Meyer. Uh, for the NFL, or at least a morally bankrupt guy like Urban Meyer. And I can't imagine, and I brought this up last hour, but I can't imagine there wasn't a conversation because, uh, for example, so at this time, so you, you, you do the, the, the cost analysis, right? 
you decide whether something's a big enough a PR hit that it's going to hurt you in the long run uh, and cost you money ultimately, uh, derail your team from from winning. So if you take on a bad guy, like a guy who's had any number of problems, and certainly it's a PR hit to take on like Antonio Brown, right? But then you weigh his ability and you say, okay, well, the Bucks are going to bring him in because he's an elite player and we think Brady can get him to fly right. And so if that happens, we're going to win more games and ultimately maybe even a Super Bowl. And he won't be the sole reason, but he'll certainly be in an added weapon, and let's go ahead and weigh the consequences of bringing this guy in, because certainly there will be blowback to bringing a guy in who's got a current criminal investigation under, and all that stuff, right? And at some point you pull the trigger, you're like, you know what, I think it's worth it. Bringing him in, we're going to win games, people forget about it, we'll take that hit initially, and we don't believe that anything is coming down the pike that's going to make this matter uh, appreciably worse. We, we don't think he's going to be found guilty of a crime, We don't, you know, whatever it might be. So somewhere around the league, certainly, uh, there are teams who are desperate for a player who would be considered certainly the most important position on the field. That would be like, say, Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. So there are some teams that are a quarterback away from either making a run to the playoffs, winning a division, and, God forbid, making a run at the Super Bowl. And he is truly an elite, elite quarterback. And yet nobody's brought him in. Now that's led us to believe a lot of things. One, People aren't so sure that there aren't major criminal charges forthcoming. Maybe not. I mean, there have already been some, but you understand what I'm saying. There's also the possibility that all of this gets, uh, I won't say swept under the rug, but um, eliminated by large sums of payments. You know, large payments, large cash settlements, whatever it might be. If, in fact, if you're Deshaun and you're Deshaun's handlers and you say, all right, we need to know, you charge my man with anything or not? Is he just uh, is he just guilty of uh, of uh, some some perhaps uh, entitled behavior and uh, whatever else you want to describe it as? Yeah, maybe he is. And guess what we'll do? We'll pay off these people. They'll come out and say, "I'm sorry about that. It never happened again. Lesson learned." Everybody will roll their eyes. It'll be what it is, and he'll be back on the field. And guess what? Even if those cash payments are around in the neighborhood of twenty million dollars when we're all said and done, dude makes around thirty million dollars a year. Who cares? Get on with your career. So why hasn't the team done that yet? Well, back to my original point. The reason the team hasn't done that yet is because, A, there will be suspensions from the NFL because, you know, you dishonor the shield, blah, blah, blah. Secondly, it'll be, it, it would be because if you're an owner and you're seriously considering this, you have the resources and the ability to find out what is coming criminally. You would reach out to, because these guys talk, and these guys care about how the league looks, how the franchise looks. And they would say, you know, so you'd reach out to Roger Goodell, who works for who? The owners. He works for the owners. Hey, Roger, what has the NFL investigative team found? Are there going to be charges against Deshaun Watson? If I pick this guy up, how long are you going to suspend him? If I pick him up right now, let's say I pick him up in week four, you're going to suspend him for 10 games, four games, six games? What's the precedent right now, especially if there aren't going to be charges filed? Do I have to wait till next year to be able to play him? All right, well, then I'll just wait to the offseason. It does me no good right now. I don't want to disrupt the team and announce to my starting quarterback that he's screwed. You know, I mean, all of that, right? So you, you, you go through that. All right, circling back, Shad Khan. How in the world? Most of this stuff was surface level. Urban Meyer has been a poison pill forever. Yeah, he won in college. He's a bad dude, and he's going to be looking grown men in the eye, and he has a propensity for lying incessantly. 
The difference is at the NFL level, you don't have complete authority. You can't just say, well, you know what? Shut up or you won't play. I won't put you on the field. Oh, nay, nay. I beg to differ. I'm paid $18 million a year. You are going to put me on the field. They drafted me number seven overall. I'm going out there. Whether you don't like me or not, whether I speak out or not. So you don't have complete control. If anything, if I'm a star player, I can tell my coach, certainly in dysfunctional situations, you go to hell. So that was never going to play at that level, filled with poor judgment around every turn. How does that not get back to him? How are his people, how are Shad Khan's people, how is the NFL, how are they not saying, hey, man, no, no, it's, it's, he's a charlatan. He's not who you think he is. You don't want to hire this guy. Bet you do not want to hire this guy. This is not going to end well. Can you imagine? So I'm sure somebody told him that. I'm sure some investigation revealed these things, these gross character flaws, and as I repeatedly state, morally bankrupt individual, right? Surely that comes out and all that. Somehow he's swayed by charisma over a dinner. I don't know, whatever it was that happened. But he decides, I'm going to do it because it's a good PR move. The guy coached at Florida. This is Jacksonville. we got a bunch of Gators here. Maybe we'll sell more tickets. And you know what? Guys found a way to win games despite being this guy that, uh, you know, I wouldn't trust around my daughter. That's all right. This guy will win some football games. We'll be okay. We'll sell some tickets. And then within a month, my man goes down the path of making horrendous decisions right off the bat with the Iowa strength and conditioning coach who he has to turn around and, and let go 24 hours later. And already they're like, hmm, that's interesting. Then there's a roster spot being taken up by a guy that hasn't played football in forever at a position he's never played. And I'm sure all the guys that work awfully hard to have a shot to play in the NFL looked around and went, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. That can't go over well. Then that guy, said player, steady missing blocks, steady missing assignments, getting dudes killed, getting dudes killed. That further elevates the level of animosity you'd have for your head coach for this grand experiment that just got my head knocked in. Then you lie to the whole team about why you didn't come back with them after a disappointing loss. You say it's because it's. I want to visit the grandkids. If by visit the grandkids you mean grab 21-year-old girls' asses in restaurants while drunk. Sure, same thing. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know how that disconnect happened. I don't know how it was that somebody didn't go. Yo, man, no, 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 no. You don't want to do this. You can't do this. You're you're going to set a, a franchise that has been abysmal for the vast majority of its career of its of its existence, and and really seeming seeming year to year falling more and more towards irrelevance. You don't you don't want to set them back even further. There's a small part of me, very small part of me, very, 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 very small part of me that feels bad for Trevor Lawrence. Man, he can't even get footing. Can't even get footing year one. And we know with quarterbacks, man, it's like uh, with Fields going to Chicago with Nagy, and that situation's a nightmare. Not as nightmarish as Jacksonville, but pretty damn nightmarish. But can you imagine, like, the ghost that Trevor Lawrence is going to see? Fresh off a four-interception game. I mean, my man is going to be seeing ghosts around every turn. 
I imagine while getting water in the kitchen, he recoils at the side of the refrigerator. You know, it's like, oh, that's tough to undo, man. You got to unravel all of that. It's got to be awful. Again, very small part of me. Because <laughs> I'm petty. I'm petty like that. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, like and subscribe. You know what I like? I like it when people blame me for a coaching staff's failure. Those are fun emails. I'm sure fine folks at War Chant's uh, employment roster got all, everybody got those emails. Did you get any uh, emails that uh, blamed you for uh Coach Norbell and staff's failures? No, I just direct those to your email. Um, well and done. they should be uh, expecting their response on Flag Day. <laughs> We're a ways away, but Flag Day will, will come and go, and I'll be like, oh, it's good to, good to meet you, Harry. You seem like a lovely human being. I got a three-paragraph email from you at 12.52 a.m. after signing day. Seems like this will be level-headed. Just out of curiosity... How are you in any way responsible? Like, what's their what's their excuse for it? Uh, well, no, there's none. They're, 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 they have some uh, skewed logic, to say the least. It's usually I do enjoy the imaginative ones. That it's not just the leaps in logic and the things that you can go. Well, that's that's crazy. Or that's a straw man. Or that doesn't. It's usually this sort of like, oh, well, that's an interesting thread. You got from here to here, and somehow I screwed up the Travis Hunter deal. That is awesome. You took some time with this. You've been waiting on this. Let's solve for the future with our friends at ISF. You want to do amazing things. Mike Norvell wants to do amazing things. Florida State needs to do amazing things, and uh, they better have a vision and goals. Your vision, your goals, your future. You work hard. Your agency works hard. You've got unique challenges these days in the recruiting world. It is also inherent in government operations, and that's where ISF comes into play. They're an IT strategy firm, and for 40 years they've served state, government, and business clients, not just here in Florida, not just here in Tallahassee, but across the nation. They're experts in government process. They have worked with government agencies across the country and have unmatched expertise in developing strategies. And developing strategies is something Florida State's going to have to do. Sweet Jesus, are they going to have to do it. ISF, can you help Florida State? Come on, ISF. I need you to help Florida State. I need you to advise, protect, and advance our recruiting interests, much in the way that you advise, protect, and advance their business technology objectives for state government agencies. Look at this seamless effort from yours truly while talking about a partnership with our friends at ISF. I know Mike Norvell and staff work hard just like you guys out there do. 
We know that others are depending on the friends there at uh, ISF to help them through, just as they do at state agencies. And you have brilliant ideas, and I hope Mike has brilliant ideas at FSU. But there are a lot of obstacles to making those ideas a reality. That is true. So I'm going to have to trust Mike Alford, the boosters, Mike Norvell, his staff, those with a vision for turning this around, just as those groups that depend on ISF need them to help them realize and innovate their vision. Do it. Go check them out, ISF.com. As for Florida State, all jokes aside, this is an easy one. They better come up with a game plan. They better come up with a game plan to better utilize what connections they do have, whether it be in the corporate world or certainly rich, rich businessmen who are tired of watching their alma mater get their teeth kicked in here in the last few years. And I think most importantly, if we want to bring it back home and we want to assess specifically areas in which Florida State failed, you know what they are as of yesterday in terms of recruiting. I think there was an overall haul that you can be pleased with, but the misses were glaring too. And there are coaches and people on the staff that aren't front and center. They could be behind the scenes and they help you coordinate recruiting and they help you... uh, develop relationships with coaches and the like. If they're not doing their job, then uh, fire them. That's how you can solve for the future. You can fire them. And I'm not quick to fire a guy usually, especially not at a place that requires we find some continuity. But there are a couple guys on this staff that I think will probably end up elsewhere in the coaching world. I think yesterday solidified that. That, to me, spoke volumes. If you don't know what uh, what ended up happening uh, today, uh, well, then let me update you. Uh, Florida State did get the yes from a grad transfer in the form of Caden Lyles. Caden Lyles played at Wisconsin. Almost by definition, he's the best offensive lineman we have on the team right now. <laughs> I did that same thing with Dylan Gibbons. Almost by definition, he was recruited to Notre Dame. Notre Dame mass-produces National Football League offensive linemen. We, we do not. We simply do not. Not on the regular. And so you thought, okay, well, Dylan Gibbons coming in, has to have some ability. Notre Dame wanted him. Then he got here, couldn't start at Notre Dame, got here, and had the most productive uh, year of any of the offensive linemen. I'm going to celebrate with the same fervor that Caden Lyles get. Way to go! Numbers, the Knowles signed five high school offensive linemen for this year's 2022 class, and now they grab Caden Lyles. Six new faces on the offensive line, and it doesn't matter that my man had some issues while at Wisconsin. I don't mean issues as in criminally or anything like that. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He did start seven games at defensive end for Wisconsin. means he had a good feet, good feet, right? That was as a redshirt freshman. Went back to the offensive line, started four games as a guard. Then he started at center. He suffered a season-ending injury in 2020, and he was their best interior lineman. So the ability is there. Wisconsin blocks people. So he didn't, you know, he didn't reclaim that starting job in 2021. 
Uh, he ends up deciding he's going to transfer. Florida State beat out Texas. They beat out Missouri. They beat out Texas Tech and a few other schools for his services. That can be seen as a good thing, I do believe. So, uh, you know, that's a good thing. And I don't think they're done there without any question. They're not done there. I would guess that uh, at this point you'll see two more names added to this group of uh, offensive linemen. I think that uh, there's any, you know, if there's any debate, you're going to see a bunch of people added um, at, at, at wide receiver if you can get it done, if you, if you have the connections, if you make the changes, whatever you need. Noel fan 407 give it to me straight, Jeff. Should we have hired Dion? Seems like the whole world is conning us for not hiring him and sticking with Mike who's 8-13, and 13, would Dion have a better record? No, I don't think he would have. Um, they're different questions. I dismiss the idea of hiring Deion Sanders for a lot of reasons, uh, some of which may prove to be wrong. Um, I, I, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not a fan. Uh, but it has, for, it has to do for several uh, reasons that don't involve um, – his iconic status at Florida State. He was an incredible player, the best corner, uh, certainly arguably, to ever play the game. Uh, and his status and clout is uh, not debated. Um, I do think we're moving to a place where you can you can look at how your coaching staff is made up and realize that if you have somebody with that kind of status, that kind of influence, that kind of connection, uh, whether it be to players or corporate interests or both, then they very well could be a vital key to a coaching staff. They can be. I do, I, I do think the landscape is changing uh, to a place where guys who don't have a ton of experience, guys who uh, perhaps haven't proven themselves at the highest levels of coaching um, – will get jobs based on that influence, based on uh, who they are, what they represent to, uh, whether it be young high school prospects prospects or um, media moguls or whatever it might be. Yeah, I, do, I, think, that's, I think that's something to, to take a look at. So, I mean, we probably don't have the time, nor do I have the inclination currently to get back into the many reasons that I didn't want Deion Sanders to come here to Florida State, and I stand by those reasons, but that's another day, another time. Uh, I do think that uh, yesterday do, does prove, though, that his influence is vast. And, um, you know, that's a, a huge get. It's a massive story. It is uh, why you're going to read about it for some time to come. Um, now, how it changes things for other HBCUs, I don't think it does. Um, and but I do think NIL does. I do think NIL NIL does change across the board. Um, maybe teams that aren't considered uh, elite Power Five schools or or have not been in that you know precious few uh, that are able to to lure five star kids, the best of the best, even the elite amongst the five stars. Now, I do think you may see a little bit more. Um, Disperse uh, adversity in that. I mean, I I, I think you you would see. Um, well, I kind of stated it earlier, and I was thinking about this more today. Uh, diversity. I didn't mean adversity. Diversity. I I did say that I think more schools have a chance to to get in on the party. 
it's just a matter of how much they're going to want to to allocate towards going after guys because they think, look, we can get a kid if we're able to offer above and beyond what the big schools are offering right now, and it may change who we are and what we represent to kids in the future. What's possible here may not change that we can, you know, that we're going to go out and go twelve and zero or anything like that because again, football, the ultimate team game, it's one player, but. It may change the way we're viewed. It may change the way we're seen. And I think that's a good thing. And I also you know, kind of began the day by saying we're in a free market trial and uh, trial and error phase, and uh, the market will correct itself at some point. We'll see the modifications and all those things. But you know, in the, in the interim, it just feels like it's, uh, uh, it, it's the dawn of a new age. It's historical, and you've got to figure out your place in it. And Florida State's got to do that moving forward. Florida State's got to find a way at this point. It's less about Travis Hunter. I, I, I can deal with that. I don't, that. That was a unique set of circumstances. It's the other guys that they lost that seem to suggest you've got some guys on your staff not pulling their weight, and that is troublesome. In particular, when you go into uh, an offseason knowing that in recruiting you've got to find a way to bring in some receivers that you're seriously lacking in a position, and then you don't bring in receivers, well, we've we got a problem. We've got a real problem on our hands at that point. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Christmas is the time to say I love you. Share the joys and laughter and the cheers. Christmas is the time to say I love you. Should mention that Redemption Thursday menu on the Jeff Cameron Show is brought to you by our friends at Metro Deli in downtown Tallahassee for nearly two decades. Metro Deli is serving up the best breakfast and lunch in downtown. Go see Rob and the fellows at 104 South Monroe between college and park online at Metro Deli Tally.com. That's Metro Deli Tally.com. Great food, great people. Long-standing, upstanding members of the community, and I didn't want to forget to mention them today. Uh, also, time to make some pickaroos for tonight's action. North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding, integration payroll, save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Hit it, Matthew. Hey, Big Daddy, having some red rushes tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red rushes all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Getting ready to go all in on some college basketball. We can turn our attention here soon enough to the nightly, hey, let's get it on college basketball. But in the interim, I gave you one for tonight. I'm actually taking the under in tonight's game. Did anybody notice last week that I definitely put together on a uh, Sunday night, I believe, or Monday night? It was this week. It was this week that I did it. What am I talking about? Give yourself some credit. I took the under in that Arizona Rams game and married it to the Rams getting points. For a teaser, pleaser, victory. We've been on a roll lately. Uh, I'll give you another one for tonight. You ready? 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire, over 71.5 rushing plus receiving yards. Yes, we're going to go over with that tonight. I think they're going to rely heavily on him. I'm surprised that's so low because the Chargers are, if not the worst, one of the worst uh, rushing uh, defenses in the league. It's why I picked what I did, good sir. So that's one uh, that I would do that. I, w- I, w- I would look at that. Uh, and then I've, I, you know, I've kind of begun the process, as I said earlier, of looking around at some of the college football wagers. I'm leaning by process of elimination. You do the thing of the opt-outs. You look at who's in, who's out, who's decided they're going to be uh, willing to play, give their all, and care deeply about exhibition football games, which is always hard to, to kind of gauge. But, but based on that, um, I'm looking at you know BYU giving the points, UCF getting points against Florida, Wake Forest getting five against Tech. You know, I'm willing to, to kind of look at all that stuff. By the way, if you want more FSU content tonight, we have Wake Up War Chant live right here on War Chant TV at 6 p.m. So subscribe to our channel and hit the bell, and you'll be alerted every time we go live, which is a good thing. I recommend you do that um, all the time. But uh, I would tell you, uh, I would tell you again that I think um, six o'clock tonight should be interesting. Uh, Corey and and Aslan wake up war chant six o'clock. Tune in to uh, to catch the discussion. It should be fun. Speaking of uh, teaser pleasers, I was shocked that you didn't have one this week for the uh, picks for the NFL. I haven't. I've been distracted. I don't go into any given weekend without having at least one possibly two, known to have three or four, teaser pleasers in a weekend. Um, My bookie laughs when I say, got some teaser pleasers for you, baby. It's like, oh, you don't say. I went uh, 2-0 last week on teasers. I had a three-team teaser hit, had a two-team teaser hit. Now, I may be flirting with disaster uh, as I float that out there to the football gods, especially on a Thursday, although tonight's game is not involved in um, the teaser pleaser. Not, not, not going to do it. I just, I like, I did give you two picks. I guess I could do it. I gave you the under and I gave you the Edwards or Lair numbers. Uh, but I, again, I don't think that uh, at this point I can offer or posit something I'm not actually betting myself when it comes to teasers because that's an intricate thing. How are you on parlays, Matthew? Are you doing a lot of parlays these days? No, I've switched to the teasers with you, man. Uh, they're the best. They're just the best. Being able to manip- manipulate point spreads, it feels like cheating. It really does. And, you know, I don't. I know that, uh, listen, Vegas and all of these sites, they offer up what they offer up because they win. They they make the money. There, it, it's a losing game long term. Uh, if you take the, the the general public, and you have them pick teasers or parlays or anything of the like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, typically those other you know the 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 house is going to win. But if you know a little something and you check injury reports and you pay attention, it's it's pay attention. It's beautiful. I think the last time I did a parlay, I texted you about it. Yeah, um, you got screwed by the last team, I think it was? Yeah, I decided to just throw some pizza. I was feeling frisky and uh, did like a 10-team, 10, 10- or 11-team parlay. Who, and, who screwed you, though? Uh, the Cowboys lost to the Broncos at home. <laughs> and uh, They got blown out. They pretty they, much oh, got... it wasn't close. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the number one thing, and I'll sign off with this. I think that if you're going to lose a parlay or you're going to lose a teaser... Let's get that over with pretty early in the day. 
Let's go ahead and know that all hope is lost. Don't get me to the last moments of a Sunday night. Don't get me to the last moments of the 4 o'clock window. Like, let me know second quarter. Oh, it's 38 to nothing up in here. Okay. Oh, yeah. I went 6-0 uh, si- in the 1 o'clock games. And then uh, Dallas and Denver kicked off, and that was all she wrote. Grand opening. Grand closing. But again, and I also, the only time that I am such a petulant child with this stuff is when I really thought I was going to be right, so I'm really mad at myself. But when I'm wrong about something, overwhelmingly so, when it comes to gambling, the team that screwed me, I then want to lose outright by 100. I go from, oh, well, you cost me to, I hope you lose in historic fashion. And I'm like, you're such, you don't even care about Cincinnati. Why are you that angry that they cost you? I hope all your players get hurt. Yeah, you start saying crazy things. You're like, I'm an ass. I'm just this angry about the fact that they cost me the wager. All right, I hope uh, T. Lizzie gets better. We'll be back with you tomorrow on a Libations Friday. Great job out of you, Matthew, as always. Deep breaths, everybody. You're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Let's monitor that transfer portal. And let's monitor what uh, Coach Norbell does with his staff because I have a feeling changes are coming. Be good. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow.